You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Pharmacy Podcast Nation, welcome back to the Pharmacy Podcast Network with a really interesting episode to kick off a new show that I believe in because of the man that's behind this show, um, his 30 plus years in the business of pharmacy, really understanding the plight of the community pharmacy owner, um, literally, um, as someone who has gone and spent time with hundreds of pharmacists over the years. The name of this new podcast I'm proud to announce is Pharmacy Crossroads Podcast. That's Pharmacy Crossroads Podcast with Mr. Bruce Nealon. Bruce, welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm excited to be here, and thanks for uh, uh, letting me join your uh, well-established network. It's a, it's a great service you're providing to the profession. I met up with Bruce, I want to say seven, maybe 10 years ago when I was at SoftWriters. And that was a uh, software developer for Framework LTC, the first pharmacy management system on a SQL-based open platform dedicated to institutional long-term care pharmacy. And I started reading Bruce's columns in Computer Talk in Pharmacy Connections with many of the uh, stories that he'd come up with, really digging into the business of a community independent pharmacy and and he's had so many relationships with the business side with small chains independent drug wholesalers uh pharmacy associations at the state and the national level but it was his publications that i really enjoyed this makes sense that he's transformed some of those writings and topics and ideas and themes into podcasts as he's written for drug topics pharmacy times computer talk american pharmacists supermarket news and many others. He was also someone that's delivered some CE programs for the pharmacy owner. Um, and that's really why I'm excited that he's joining the, the Pharmacy Podcast Nation and Network is because he has something to tell that I believe is worth uh, listening to. And, you know, usually we interview the new host of the podcast, but he had to do one better than that. So, so he's brought a guest on his very first podcast episode. And I'd like, uh, Bruce, I'd like you to introduce your guest. Well, uh, thank you for that. And, and the one thing I would say about the introduction is that uh, if there's anything that I have to contribute to this, it's that I know pharmacists who are on the front lines who are making good things happen. And I've become a, a real fan of the uh, sometimes used quote attributed to uh, Yogi Berra, the uh, Yankee uh, baseball player, who said you can observe a lot just by watching. And so I get to observe a lot of pharmacists and it's my pleasure to introduce you to Kevin DeMass, who's the owner of the Apothecary Pharmacy in Salt Lake City, Utah. So Kevin, uh, hi, say hello to our guests. Hello, Bruce. Hello, Bruce, thanks for that introduction. And Todd, uh, to you, congratulations for a terrific uh, uh, adventure here in the Pharmacy Podcast Series and uh, congratulations on the long tenure and providing information for me and my peers. I appreciate this opportunity to speak to my peers today. So thanks for having me on the show. 
You're welcome. And uh, just, I mean, we won't go into an extended background, but I'll say I have visited your pharmacy personally uh, on two formal occasions. Uh, in 2008, you were a pharmacy on my first pharmacy road trip, the coast to coast road trip that took me from uh, the Atlantic Ocean to the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, and uh, it was nice to see your pharmacy then. And then last summer, I took a trip from Phoenix to Calgary, Canada, and had a chance to visit your pharmacy going south to north. And uh, you're the perfect candidate for this uh, pharmacy uh, crossroads because I've seen you twice going from uh, east to west and from south to north. So. Uh, take a minute. Uh, uh, the one of the most incredible things about your pharmacy to me is the unique physical layout. So, take a couple minutes and tell us about your physical facility and the challenges and opportunities it provides you. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to show you that on a napkin. Uh, you know, when you say that you you, you passed me, Bruce, uh, going north to south and east to west. Salt Lake City is often called, uh, you know, the crossroads of the West. You take I-15 from California uh, up to Canada, and you're going to and you're going to go one way, and then you take I-80 coming from New Jersey to California. You're going to cross right here at the crossroads of the West, which is just barely west of my pharmacy here. But you know, uh, you've been into the store, you've seen what we do. We've remodeled three times, and uh, we just try to tweak it every single time to make it uh, perfect and for the changing needs that we have in the store. Well, you know, we wanted to uh, pursue some of the opportunities that we had in areas like, you know, compounding and OTC sales. We needed a spot for our food, for drinks, gifts, and we needed a space to expand our immunizations. And uh, we do some drug studies and research here. Um, our collaborative practice agreements uh, that we wanted to explore, you know, do, and doing with naloxone and doing things as strep and flu. Uh, we need we didn't need a space for that. We the biggest thing that we needed uh, that was growing was we needed a confidential area that was just kind of private where we could pull people across and not stand them in a you know a four by four box up front that had a small sign hanging from the ceiling. Uh, we we, did, we needed that place where we could talk to doctors, our patients, caregivers. So we kind of came up with this final design. It was for us at that time. It was the the perfect mix of everything. So. If I was going to do another pharmacy again and again, this is kind of the design that I would use with maybe a few tweaks in it. There's a, a few obstacles. You know, my peers who are uh, have, have landlords, you know, we're limited in space in medical office buildings. Uh, you've been here. I don't even have a sign. I don't even have a sign out front. So my patients, it's kind of a word of mouth business. And it's been that way for 47 years. Um, I, I don't even have a sign out front. I, I, I just laugh and chuckle about all, all the time. We've just been very lucky. Uh, we're located in the basement. We're in the basement of the medical office building and there's no signs. And so you really have to know where you're going. So that's, that's a challenge. Yeah, it is a challenge. And uh, I know when I came to see you the first time, uh, you had uh, recently moved, as I recall, and it was a challenge to find you. Uh, there is plenty of parking in a three or four story parking garage that's part of the hospital and medical complex, as I recall. But um, you're not, you know, people aren't going to pull right up to your front door, are they? Now you don't pull up to the front door. We we do a lot of deliveries here locally. It's free of charge. Uh, we we uh, have patients come in. We've been doing curbside delivery for a long, long time, so it's easy to get out. Yeah, and no drive-through, right? No drive-through. No, no yeah. drive-through here. The only drive-throughs in the emergency department. 
Well, the store is certainly clean and well laid out. You mentioned uh, food. Um, why food and what kind of food? Oh, we've got a we've got a, a large hospital staff, and so we want to do snacks where I can get basically the food is it, it's we use it for chum. Um, I don't know if I can use that word on the air, but <laughs> I put I put candy, I put frozen uh, ice cream, I do uh, burritos and lean cuisine. I put all kinds of food in so that I can get doctors and nurses in here while they're walking through or they're going, you know, walking through the hospital, they're walking back to their office and they're gonna dictate in a chart or, or look over some lab reviews. I want them to stop by here and grab something out of, out of the fridge, the freezer, put it in the microwave. That gives me another five minutes that I can talk to them about a patient that I'm concerned about or, or, or something that we're offering here in the pharmacy. So we use it as kind of chum and it also helps our bottom line. Well, thank you for that. So the, the next thing that uh, impresses me as I visit with you is it's not only well layout, it's clean, but more importantly, the environment when you walk in is just friendly and inviting. Your staff is well-dressed. They all wear, wear name tags. Uh, how do you get your people to keep the store clean and to have, keep them be positive and upbeat and pleasant to deal with? Well, uh, that's a that's a little tricky. So being the being an independent pharmacy owner, the you know the, one of the blessings is that I get to pick the people that I work with, and uh, when and when I get to do that, when I inter when I interview people that are coming from the hospital, they're coming from a long term care facility, they're coming from a chain store environment, or e even when they're coming from sales, like over and over and over, I hear toxic environment. I am I am I, I am just I can't go to this toxic environment and and work. And so I tried uh, over and over to create a non-toxic environment, environment where, you know, my staff can blossom, they can care for patients in a way that they would, that they really, that they would want to be treated. So I, I try to assemble my team that everybody that's pretty much like-minded, I don't force anybody to work here. Uh, I, I can, you know, I go out and I explain my expectation for patient care and, and how we're going to measure that. I'm going to, I promise them I'm going to pay them very well. But I, I tell them, you know, your biggest reward is going to be the satisfaction that you're going to get from your patient outcomes and what we call optimum patient care. Uh, you know, when, I, when you get to work with a team that's like-minded, you can accomplish so much more. And not only do you feel it as your team behind the counter, but your patients when they come in, they feel it as well. You, you get a sense when you walk into a business, if it's going to be a toxic environment and the staff isn't getting along. And I mean, you can just feel, you can feel that fog hang and, and I don't want that here. So to get my staff in and out, we create a non-toxic environment where everybody really, where, where they can blossom. You know, you talked about having the pharmacy clean. Um, for years and years, we used to clean it ourselves. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, somebody's in charge of take your, to take the garbage out. Somebody's in charge of cleaning the counter. Somebody's in charge of the bathroom. Somebody's gotta do, you know, make sure the coffee pot is turned off and everything is empty. Uh, at the end of the day, that just got to be monotony and everybody over and over in evaluations, everybody hated that. So I finally went out and I said, look, I'll hire it done professionally. So I have a cleaning crew that comes in every night uh, and they clean. Uh, while we're here and my staff doesn't have to touch it. They go home, they can have dinner with their family, they can go to a soccer game, a piano recital, uh, go to a dance with their kids and the pharmacy's clean the next day when they come in and it has made a ton of difference on how my I'm staff feels. I'm really glad I asked that question. I had no idea that that answer was gonna include a professional cleaning career. That's, uh, <laughs> th that's impressive. 
on two levels. Number one is, is that you listened and realized that that was an irritant to the job. And, um, and you responded in a way that makes it a more pleasant place to work. That that's a a, a real management plus. I'm I'm going to elaborate on that in the future. So that's all nice. That's positive and pleasant. But when you comes to filling prescriptions, you can't tell me that you're getting paid any more than you were before. What are you doing to try to deal with the the drastic reduction in reimbursements and, and reduction in profitability. Well, I don't sleep at night very much, Bruce. You know, that's a nightmare for every independent pharmacy owner. You know, you look at low and negative reimbursements all day long, you know, and I, and I think they're going to continue to grow until, you know, we, you and I and Todd talked a little bit about, uh, you know, at the beginning of the podcast that, you know, we need to legislate fair reimbursements on local levels, on state levels, e even on federal levels. So I, I try to be an advocate on every level for that. We look for opportunities where reimbursements, you know, can be better. So I'd like to network with peers and, you know, see what they're being reimbursed on a certain NDC, uh, see what, you know, this metformin might be paying you on, on which plan and which MAC list has what, and, you know, pharmacists are years ago, uh, maybe 20 years ago, I, I hardly talked to any pharmacist. I mean, it was all competition, competition. But now I talk to every pharmacist that I possibly can, and I say, you know, how are you making that work? How are you making this work? And, and, huh. and pharmacy, pharmacy's kind of coming together so we can find those NDCs and find those programs where we're, you know, actually making a little bit more money. I use, you know, uh, my GPO, uh, like WSPC. I, I use my peers in uh, Good Neighbor Pharmacy. They help me with that, you know, on, on a daily, weekly basis. So, you know, we also work our five-star ratings as much as we possibly can. And you and I have talked about that a little bit before. If right. we can, if we can maximize, if 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 my peers will maximize our five-star ratings, we're going to drive our reimbursements higher. Um, that, and that's a way to you know find those other revenue other revenue points. Um, well, you another, you you mentioned real briefly there, and I don't want to brush by it, but you are a a member of the Good Neighbor Pharmacy National Advisory Board, as I recall. Is that correct? Yes, I've served on that board for uh, numerous years. And then you said WSPC real quick. I understand enough to know that that's the Western States Pharmacy Coalition that is expanding well beyond the Western States. So they're kind of migrating to the WSPC acronym as their name, sort of like uh, International Business Machines became IBM. Is that is that a fair representation? Yeah, there you go. WSPC started up in the in the great northwest here in the United States, and now they have uh, moved out uh, border to border, ocean to ocean. So now you know they've stretched out from the Atlantic to the Pacific. So they uh, have uh, moved moved on to WSPC, and they cover more geographical territory than the Northwest. So with GNP, um, any specific. Uh, program that they've provided in the in the recent past that has been helpful to you either with profitability or efficiency or um, any way it's helping you to to uh, to bring another dollar or two to the bottom line yeah that that that's a great question you know uh, gmp gmp is a network of 4500 uh, 4500 independent pharmacies bruce and and you know we we kind of network together and pull together as much as we possibly can uh, uh, Good Neighbor Pharmacy helps me with things, you know, from my front end to fiscal reports. They, you know, their team helps me specialize in uh, my, you know, core core val core value centers that really help me be a better businessman. I can laser in on my 
front end experience for my patients when they come in. We can look at marketing techniques through the country, what, you know, what's working in the West Coast, what's working on the East Coast and down in the Southern states, and maybe try that here. Uh, their, uh, their managed care that they do uh, with their Elevate uh, provider network helps me negotiate higher paying contracts that I can get, and it decreases my exposure to DIR fees. Every pharmacy yeah. owner, Every pharmacy owner is looking for that. Uh, business performance coaching is another one that I rely on, that a, a, a tool that they bring in where they, they can just scrub through my data, come through and look at my claims, look at the doctors who are giving me high profitable patients, look at the look at the products that are have a higher margin on some of the generics that aren't. And that, that helps me tweak which NDCs I want to bring into my inventory because they're going to be billed on a you know on a higher reimbursement rate on a on a Mac list. That's that that's just absolutely phenomenal. I can't I can't live without that. Uh, they even it, the, go, go ahead, ahead Riz. Well, I just going to say it's uh, the naivety of my question. Uh, I guess is implied in your answer. There is no one thing that you can do at this point. You've got to be doing dozens of different things that, and watch paying careful attention to the details. It sounds like. Yeah, there's a lot. You, you know, the, there's a lot of juggling balls in the air, and uh, with the resources that the Good Neighbor Pharmacy provides for me, I, they help me juggle them at the same time. And then they can kind of help me, you know, look at certain areas that are going to make me more profitable, give my customer a great experience, and and uh, and then analyze it, do the analytics at the end, and see and actually measure actually measure what we've done. Um, you know, on, on a side note, I did a quick. I did a, a quick review with my business coach and she was coming through and scrubbing my data. And she said, Hey, you have an opportunity here to grow some business. And we looked at it and, and then we looked at some marketing techniques. Anyway, long story short, I marketed to a business for, uh, to one doctor's office for three years. They turned me away for three years till finally they got tired of me coming to see him. And then they gave me over a million dollars of business a month to take care of their, hard patients. And so wow. that, that I had a, I had a 37% I had a 37% increase in script volume just from one office. So it was phenomenal. I would Bruce I would have never <laughs> been able to locate that. I would have never been able to locate that had Good Neighbor Pharmacy not had that program and somebody looking at the data in a different way than I could look at it. That's powerful. So uh, I mean that kind of segues into a, a, another question that I had pondered. So with with is you know you've got robots and pill counters and computers and all kinds of stuff all over the pharmacy is, is there a, a a new or unique piece of technology that you've incorporated in the in the last uh, you know little while that you could share with us or if not that is there some particular piece of the application of technology that you're using you think others are overlooking um, oh, you, there's lots of technology in pharmacy that kind of makes my job much, much easier. But one of the newest things probably within the last year or two that we've really focused on is our communicate, our communication platforms with our patients. Um, you know, used to wait for patients to come in and then pull them into the office or pull them off to the side and have to talk to them now. But now we're using a, now we're using a, a, a texting platform, Bruce, that we can reach out in the privacy of somebody's car, the privacy of their office. They're watching a movie, Netflix at home with their kids, and I can tell them their prescriptions are ready, or that I can I can tell them that I I've, I've talked to Doctor So and So. I'm waiting for this blood test, and then I'll, I'll, I ordered your insulin. It's going to be shipped. I'm going to have it here. I can communicate with my patients, and and it's really expanded. And uh, you know, I I kind of stole that idea from one of my friends in New York, 
she she owns multiple stores up in New York and and she doesn't even she's trained her customers to not even come into the store unless they get a text from her that says your prescriptions are ready come on in and so when somebody comes into the store and, and asks hey is my blood pressure medicine ready to get today I want to talk about it the first thing that their staff says is did you get a text from us huh. and, they, and if they say no I didn't get a text from you then she said well hey look we're, this is how we're going to communicate to you. It's it's quick, it's clean, it's easy. Uh, we utilize that, and it's it's been phenomenal. The phone calls and the phone ringing in the store have been minimized by that. It's been it's been tremendous. So to my peers out there who aren't communicating with their patients all hours of the day, uh, try texting them. I you'll I promise you'll get much better response. Isn't that interesting? As a as a seventy three year old white middle class male. Uh, I still hate texting, but um, the world is, my kids are making me do it. So uh, I appreciate that insight. So um, that leads to, you know, I, I, the suppliers. I mean, obviously there's hundreds of companies who try to sell into the independent pharmacy space. Um, you, anything you would suggest to them that they could do that would be particularly helpful in helping you attract more patients? And, and I don't know that more patients now is the profit driver as much as attracting more profitable patients. And any suggestions you have for vendors who uh, want to grow in the pharmacy space? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'll tell you a story about one that we've had. I, I, you know, I've worked with several vendors and suppliers, Bruce, and and people are people are really looking. You know, these businesses are really looking to pharmacy for information. They're, they're, I, I think ph the pharmacy is a valuable source of information and data for their product. And so I had I had a vendor come in that had a new product, and uh, it was actually a long-acting injectable antipsychotic anti drug. And so. Uh, they wanted to track patients that were coming in, patients that were using their drug, track uh, adverse events, um, outcomes on that drug. And so, you know, they came, they came to me initially, and the, the Pharmacy Practice Act in Utah did not allow pharmacists to do that. So for a couple of years, we kind of took that at the apothecary shop and pioneered that. We had to meet with the medical association. We met with legislators. We met with the uh, Department of Occupational Professional Licensing to check, went to the University of Utah, talked to my old professors and said, hey, we need, to ex we need to expand the scope of pharmacy so that we can include these things. Well, anyway, long story short, a couple of years later, we got the laws changed. We, we were able to offer this service. So now I have patients that come in. I can give them a once a month or a once every other month um, injection. They don't even have to do the oral therapy and they're set, they have no relapses, they're not back in jail, they're off the streets, they're able to maintain uh, maintain their jobs in many cases just because of this. So then I put it into a portal and they pay me for that data, Bruce. They pay me more money for the data that I'm putting into that portal. I would have to fill another 30, 40 prescriptions to make up for that margin that I'm making on that data. That's another example of, I'm sure glad I asked that question, uh, I mean, that that amplifies what's the next question. And w one of my favorite comments to pharmacists as I meet with them is, at any one time, there's only so many people in your store. 
but there's millions of them outside your store. And if you want to get more people in your pharmacy, you need to get out and network. And it sounds to me like you've understood the importance of that for years. What are a couple other things that you've built on by getting out and networking with physicians and uh, regulators and elected officials? Thanks, Bruce. That, that's an excellent question. Uh, for a long, long time, I just stayed uh, inside inside the pharmacy, and I had had a philosophy that, if, you know, uh, like that. You remember that? Remember that old Field of Dreams movie that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Kevin Kevin Costner played. Oh, maybe back in the late '80s. Uh, his name Ray Ray Kinsella. Ray Kinsella was his name, and the Iowa farmer. So he went out and kept having that dream to get Shoeless Joe Jackson in. And if you build it, he will come. Well, you know, that's kind of morphed into today's lang you know, language to say, if you build it, they will come. I spent many, probably half of, my, half of my early career just staying in the pharmacy. I built many, many pharmacies, started businesses, opened the doors and said, you know, if I build it, they will come. Uh, and they did, but then they went away. And uh, now my philosophy has totally, totally changed a different way. So now I build it and now I've got to go get people, get people to come in. Um, I, you know, I just felt that I was too busy to go out and sell myself and my practice. So I wasted a lot of years and, and honestly, I forfeited a lot of relationships because I just thought that I was too busy to go out. But now I've never run my pharmacy like that. I, I go to every meeting that I possibly can outside of work, Bruce. I, I network with people every chance I get, you know, getting out of the pharmacy helps my business truly grow, uh, sharpens my pharmacy practice, ownership skills. Um, I serve on lots of boards, nonprofit organizations, PSAOs. Uh, with my wholesale partners, uh, state agencies, uh, uh, GPOs, serving patients behind the counter really for 30 years has been very enriching and rewarding. But, you know, I've met some tremendous people inside the pharmacy, but I really got to say that getting out from behind the pharmacy, going to legislative meetings, going to wholesaler meetings, attending educational seminars, it's introduced me to a whole new world of pharmacy industry beyond what I ever, have ever had in the pharmacy. My friendships and experiences, the camaraderie that I've felt and built with like-minded peers and associates, you know, throughout the country, it, it's given me a marvelous and an unexpected boost, honestly, to my professional and personal life, Bruce. Yeah, and, you know, that's one of those things. I've, I've spent, uh, you know, 40-plus years now in this business, uh, probably half of that time, it seems to my wife and I at a trade show someplace, um, and I, I on, obviously marvel at the time and dedication that so many pharmacists spend devoted to, you know, to NCPA or whatever the organization would be. And, and there's something about that that is just seems to translate into success back at their pharmacies. And, and, and I think, you know, it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. I don't know that one precedes the other, but they seem to grow together. And it's something that you can't put on a spreadsheet. You can't, you can't put that on your profit and loss sheet, but it shows up in your attitude. It shows up in your ability to delegate. It shows up in your ability to implement new programs. I, I, you know, I get to see a lot of pharmacies and, and I've come up with this realization that half of the pharmacies are below average. And, you know, that's a mathematical reality, but what keeps them below average in too many cases is their insulation and isolation. So I appreciate you talking about that. And I hope this gives 
some struggling pharmacist someplace a, a reason to say, okay, I'm Thursday night, I'm going to go to my local pharmacy association meeting. And, and as that happens, magic happens. Um, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that, and I appreciate your comments on that. Um, so we're running out of time. Uh, you get one last shot if, as, a, as a pharmacy owner, as a uh, member of a couple of advisory boards, the, actually the chairman of the board, the WSPC, what admonition or piece of advice would you give to anyone who's listening to this, this podcast? I, I, Bruce, uh, I would say to my peers, build relationships with your patients and your customers. Um, you know, you've been here, you've seen our swinging gate. We've got a, a gate that's like an old Western saloon with hinges on it. My favorite thing is to watch that gate swing back and forth you know, through the day when my staff goes out front over and over and over again to talk to customers, uh, educate them on an OTC purchase, a, a purchase of just a cane, you know, adjust their walker to their individual height, talk to them about an expected outcome on their new drug. Um, all while they're standing, get them a lid and a straw over at the soda fountain. It, it, huh. It's just natural. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say, hey, to my peers, get do your work out from behind the counter um that that's that's where you've got to be you got to be out behind the counter if you are lucky enough to get a new patient to come into your pharmacy if you're lucky enough to have a physician or a healthcare worker a nurse a pa anybody that can walk in please don't talk to them behind the counter remove that barrier get next to them walk out and get next to them remove that barrier um they're going to feel important they're going to feel special. They're going to feel different. You're going to create for them the best in-store experience possible. And you know what, Bruce? They're going to come back. That prescriber's going to come back. That new patient's going to come back. Their family members are going to come back because you walked out from behind the counter and talked to them. They're not going to get that at your competitor's store. So uh, that, that, that's, that's my note to tell them. I just like to say, you know, to you and Todd today, thank you so much for this opportunity to participate in this pharmacy uh, podcast. It's been a joy sharing my experience of the last 30 years with, uh, with you guys and your listeners. Uh, I hope it's beneficial. Well, it certainly has been beneficial to me. Thank you so much, Kevin, for the um, use of your time, talent, and expertise uh, on this podcast. And, and I continue to wish you all the best. And with kids and the grandkids in your area, I hope I get to come in someday soon and buy a soda and see who puts the lid and the straw on for me. So. Thanks, thanks, Bruce. We're at the crossroads of the West. You can find us. <laughs> Got it. Thank, <laughs> thank you so much.